Welcome to We're Listening to Podcast, a community where all voices are heard. I'm your host, Rob Cook. Join me for a lighthearted show about the human experience with live conversations, discussions, and interviews of some of the newest to the most established 3P practitioners from all over the world. So no matter if you've known the three principles for years or you're new to Daily Insights, we hope each episode will inspire you to demonstrate a community where all voices are heard. Fresh face, new voice. New voice, fresh face. I really don't know which one it is, but you kind of get what I'm saying, right? <laughs> so we have Nina Lockwood, all right? Nina is an advanced transformative coach certified through Michael Neal Supercoach Academy. She is also an artist and a writer who has had multiple careers and opportunities to take the road less traveled. Her journey has been enriched by her decades-long immersion in the fields of psychology, spirituality, creativity, personal development, and energy medicine. She empathizes the value of exploring our profound, deeper nature with its infinite potential for happiness, unique self-expression, and reflection of a larger whole. Nina helps people who long to live happier and more fulfilling lives find new direction and purpose. From direct experience, Nina has learned that when we lose our way, it's because we lost touch with our true nature and what we value most deeply. Finding our way back home brings with it a deep sense of aliveness, inner freedom, and purpose, and release us from chronic overthinking and unnecessary suffering. This is equally true in our professional and personal lives. Nina is a contributor to Medium and Thrive Global, and is the creator of the podcast Creative Conversations with Nina Lockwood. She engages with her inner clients through online courses, individual and group programming, and corporate offerings. Ladies and gentlemen, you are going to enjoy this episode um, because I have a dear friend here. And this is in our series of Fresh Faces, Fresh Voices. But I have with me today none other than the beautiful Nina Lockwood. Hey, Nina. Oh, thank you, Rob. It takes one How are you? <laughs> I appreciate that. So before we, we kind of we started, I would have already read your bio to everybody. So they would they would know, you know, what the official bio say. But I really want to just give you an opportunity to say if you wanted to say to the community, who are you? Like, who is Nina Lockwood? And, and we'll start there with just the way you identify yourself. And then we'll let the conversation go from there. Well, I'm still exploring that question myself. <laughs> who am I? <laughs> But how I spend my time is as a coach and as an artist. And I have a background where I was initially trained as a psychotherapist. I also spent more than 20 years practicing energy medicine so, and also studying the spiritual tradition. So I've looked at that question of who am I and who are you and why are we here from lots of different angles. Uh, I didn't know that. The the background in psychotherapy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I was, I think a lot of people go into that field because they want to understand themselves and their own patterns. But what I found was that many people, because it is talk therapy, become their stories. And they, the more they tell it, it's not that they want to be liberated from it, but they identify with it more. So they begin to see themselves as a victim or a survivor or whatever label they apply to themselves. And that just seems to shrink who we are rather than expand it. I like that. I like that. So 
psychotherapy and then art. They seem like they're on two different sides of the spectrum as far as going after a search or a journey, so to speak. Where did the art come in at? Well, the art came in when I was quite young and I found that, and I still find this now because a lot of what I do is very abstract and I do a lot of collage work with kind of um, quirky imagery because I'm interested in what else is available. And what I love about the art process is it, it can be very much like life in that you don't know what wants to show up next. You know, you don't know who wants to come to the party. You put the invitation out, you have the materials ready, <laughs> and then you see what wants to come together. Yeah, I love that. That's so funny. So do you use art? I, I would assume you use art in work. You know, I use it in different ways. It's for people who are interested in thinking or creating outside the box. It's a wonderful opportunity to explore ideas without using language. There's one of the things that I really like about abstract art is that you can't say, oh, that's a table or that's a house or that's a person because you're dealing with colors and shapes and forms. So instead of having an intellectual response to it, you have an emotional response to it. And that can take you in places that words can sometimes just hang you up and not let you go where you want to go. Yeah, it sounds, as you said, it, it sounds very much similar to what we mean in essence when we talk about trust the feeling. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it sounds very much like, oh, I'm trying to get you out of your head of the words having to make sense to the feeling that you're feeling being actually true. <laughs> and you trying to identify, describe it is causing a disturbance rather than just letting it be and, and riding with it. Yeah, that that is very true, because what I've found is that the same problems that people confront when they're creating art are the same problems that they confront in their lives. You know, I'm not good enough. Nobody will like this. Uh, who am I kidding myself? All of the comparison, the self-worth, the wanting to compromise because we want to make sure we fit in and other people like us. Yeah. And things get very stale. We don't let that freshness, that surprise, that delight in life emerge because we're trying to make it fit this certain form. Yeah, that's so funny. I don't think I've I've heard an example that that kind of was similar to when I experienced that. But when I first got to Los Angeles, I was personally training you know, in the gym and I was working with people on their bodies. And I remember noticing how certain clients would ask for help. Certain wouldn't. Certain clients would negotiate if they had to do all of the work, certain what. Like it was just, oh, I wonder if this is how you show up in life. If you will ask for help when you're overwhelmed, if you're going to ask for help before you even try, if you're going to argue, if you're going, it was just so interesting to see. And I began to see personality traits or characteristics show up in just the way people worked out. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. And I, of course, I thought it was me just, you know, getting beside myself thinking I know more of this. But it was it was actually pretty interesting to sit back and watch. And I, I've never heard, you know, someone else explain it like that. So thank you. Because oh, you saw it, too, in your work of yeah, this is how people show up. And you start seeing it's the only way people can do because we always are just showing up projecting what's inside so uh, <laughs> yeah. right and i that, love that that, that uh, pressure to look good 
yeah. or have all the answers is so destructive to mm -hmm. our natural state of happiness and love and connection. You know, all that I've got to conform. I've got to make it look a certain way. I have got to look a certain way. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> that is the word I would use to explain it as well. Oh, man. So when did you come across the principles? I know we met through one of Michael programs, but when was your first, right. you know, um, interaction or experience with the three principles, as we call it? Well, gee, let me see. That's a, Since I have real trouble dealing with time these days, I think <laughs> it was probably four years ago. Okay. Maybe four years ago, I, I took a course with one of Michael's courses, online courses, uh, and then I signed up for Creating the Impossible. Creating the Impossible. The okay. beginning. Yeah. And then after that, there were a series of other things, and I did Super Coach twice and Emerging Voices, and the list it's goes quite on. Quite a ride ever since. <laughs> okay. So coming into that understanding, and um, what would you say again? given that we have our life experiences, you had the psychotherapy, you had the things you were doing, what was different? What, what really resonated as, okay, this is, this is somewhere I want to kind of just plant for a minute and see what I can, I can grow. There are, I think there are a number of things, but one of the most prominent was that I was able to see how easy it was to let my mind settle. Because having trained in energy medicine and a number of different modalities, there's always a technique, there's always a tool, there's always a this, that, tapping, something that you can do to yourself, which all has its place. But for me, the introduction to the principles was, oh, I don't have to do that. I can be aware that these emotions or thoughts are present, but... I don't have to pay attention to them. I don't have to act as if they're real. And that really changed a lot of things. It made a lot of sense in terms of other traditions that I had studied, other spiritual practices that I had studied, was that it didn't have to be work. There was, there was an effortless to that settling down and getting to that deeper place inside oneself where the answers are already there. When did it click that it was time to get out and play in the world? I think it happened quite early. Okay. But it was, I suppose it was baby steps, you might say. <laughs> so that much of what I was learning, I was applying to my own life. And then when there was an opportunity, I would share as subtly as possible. Yeah. Because I wasn't interested in... Uh, laying a trip on anyone else but i was just interested in saying hey look have you ever seen this or what about that or did you ever notice so it became increasingly interesting to me to have that kind of conversation with other people that there was a, a better way to live a way to live that wasn't as hard as we made it for ourselves mm, okay and then you went off from there to, we got a podcast from that uh, yes. <laughs> which I was a guest on, you know, I was a guest on. That's right, you were, uh, a very popular one at that. <laughs> so, you know, the origin or origins for that was that 
you know, because I'm always playing around in my studio here, I would often have conversations with people who would look at my studio from my Zoom room and say, oh, I could never do that. Or I'm not creative because they always associated creativity with painting or writing or dance or something that wasn't just the nature of who we are. So I thought, you know what, we should have a conversation about this. So I started this conversation uh, on YouTube, Creativity Conversations, and I just wanted to talk to as many people as I could from different walks of life of how they saw creativity. So I had chefs, I had jewelers, I had a physician, I had, oh my gosh, business people, coaches, yeah. you name it, quite a variety of people who, who talked and made it clear that creativity is not this specialized mystical skill that someone has to develop and acquire, but that's who we are by nature. And that's how we can live our life. So when you were asking earlier, how do you connect the dots between art and life? It's already there. Yeah. That's who we are. <laughs> yeah. I remember waking up to that for myself. I was um, trying to figure it out. You know, how do I do this coaching thing? And I got something here and it's, and it's got to be in this form now because that's how coaches do it. And it's got to look this way. And it just didn't fit for me. It just didn't work, you know? And I started looking at, okay, let's go to what's effortless. Mm. And for me, that's having conversations. It's like, I can wake up, roll out of bed, hit my eyes with a little water and I'm ready. Like, you know, that's all I need. I'm ready to have a conversation. Like, I, I, I've never met a stranger kind of like thing. You know, I'm, 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 that's easy for me. And when I got into that, I found that as a creative way for me to spread an awareness and an understanding and, and show this point to rather is a better word than show, but point to this truth and this understanding. And, and I got, it just started coming out in much more creative ways that had nothing to do and, and skits and, and music and anything else I could think of that I wanted to do. And it was so funny. Like somebody asked me, was like, but that has nothing to do with coaching. I was like, I know but somehow my coaching business is growing. Like, I don't, you're right. It doesn't have anything to do, but people are hearing what I'm saying and, and resonated with it. And then they're coming back to see like, hey, I saw how much care you had in that interview with someone when they was talking about a difficult time. Can I talk to you about this? And it was like, whoa. I thought my business was going to grow from the many pictures I put on Instagram. I thought my business was going to grow from the, the nice text that I could compile up under a picture. And I, I mean, maybe I do get some business from there. I don't want to want to knock it, but the vast majority of interactions and relationships that I've grown since starting this one has been about what people have heard me say or how they've saw me interact with another human being. I love what you're saying and pointing to on getting into the nature of who you are and that will take care of the rest. Yeah. There is such a freedom in realizing that there's no prescription about how it should be done Yeah, because it's all about relationships and connection and love. Yeah. And that of course does not get put into a box or it's better if it isn't, yeah. <laughs> but because it's, it's like life. It can show up in any different form imaginable. It doesn't have to be in this box or that 
box. It can just it can just emerge from that limitless nature that we are, and it touches people. It's like, oh, it was always here. Maybe I do forget. But that doesn't mean it's not here. Oh, that is such a that's such a wise thing because we do forget. We get caught up in life, but. Just that moment of stopping and yeah. noticing and, and coming down from our heads and getting into our body and feeling our hearts and yeah. realizing that everything is, everything has love in it. it may, yeah. We may not see it, it may not sound like it, it may not feel like it, but beneath the outer surface, that's all there is. I just recently visited my family and uh, that was very eye-opening for me. It was very eye-opening for me. Um, was able to hug necks of uncles that I haven't hugged in a while. Um, and it was just a different feeling. And, and although I had forgot for a minute, you know, I still could remind myself because it's always there. And um, usually when I leave each spot, you know, a family member texts me, oh, I love seeing you. I mean, it, they keep coming. It was such a joy to just sit with you. We didn't go to any big events. We didn't do anything. Everybody I was there with, we were sitting in our homes, just experiencing each other, just listening and talking. And it was um, one of the best trips I've had at home. That's so wonderful. You know what I love about what you're saying and what I hear in it is most people feel like they need to explain to other people what needs to be done. Yeah rather than just doing it doing it right we don't have to tell people why it we're supposed to do something one way or another yeah. and we we know intrinsically so for someone to explain it to put us in our place or uh, you know make sure we don't do it again we don't even need that but if we're coming from that place of love and embracing embracing what is that's so powerful. The energy of that is so powerful. It changes everything. You see it. And and yeah, it was just, it was a beautiful time though. It was a, it a very good time. Like it yeah. sounds like it. It sounds like you you carried a an energy that was so palpable that even the recognition, beyond the recognition of your military service, that energy that you were carrying to connect you and to to refer back to what really matters mm -hmm. that that's the ticket yeah boy that's and you powerful. yeah and you you also have seen because what, what really prompted me wanting to have this conversation was a client you were talking about that just really really i would love for you to share that story with the listeners oh sure this is this is uh, to me such a special client I had met her, I think, 16 years ago, something like that, a, a long time ago. And she had gotten on my mailing list and we hadn't been in touch. She hadn't connected with me. And then one day she contacted me and said, you know, I've been reading a lot of what you've been sending out. And I think it's time for me to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. She's 81. That I love. <laughs> I mean, that just won my heart instantly because she saw and felt that there was, there was more for her. Her husband had died. 
She'd been living with her son and daughter-in-law and feeling like, mm, you know, maybe that's really the place for her. She felt like she was getting under their feet. So she house sit in South Carolina for six months. So she got in her car, drove to South Carolina. I don't know how many hours that is, but she wasn't sure she could do it. Her kids definitely didn't think she could do it. And she was willing to just see what else was possible for her. And that's one of my favorite questions. What else is possible? And she, despite her age, despite the loss of, a, of her husband, despite the loss of her house, which they sold, she's a little bit in limbo because she doesn't know where she's going to be after this six months is up, but she's up for the ride. Yes. It's yes. never too late. Yes. It's never too late if you're willing to explore and just wonder well, what would this be like? Or dare to do that? And, and you know, one of the interesting things that she talked about, even from the very beginning, was she is of uh, German descent. And when she was a child, her instructions were to be a good girl because she was German. And there were reverberations from World War II. So she was always in that mode her whole life of being a good girl being helpful, taking care of other people, behaving in a way that fit into the mold. At 81, she was still realizing that she was limiting her life from that way of thinking. So she started to push the envelope. Well, what if I do this? What if I drive another, you know, yeah. thousand miles on my own? What if I dance? What if I, you know, just, She's willing to explore, and I, I find that so helpful. Here we are in the middle of a pandemic, and most people just want to crawl under their beds and get in the fetal position and stay there until the coast is clear. But despite the external circumstances, she was willing and is willing to say, okay, what have we got? What else? What's yeah. going on? Let's see, bring it on. And that's just so uh, life affirming. You just realize it's never too late. Again, I'm running through the amount of people I know who are under 50 thinking life is over, let alone another additional three decades talking about there's still a possibility. There's still something new. You know, I, I, <laughs> that is just so inspiring. It's, it's so cool because there's, there's, there's no limit. It's only self-imposed that, that it's over. And so much of that that I hear, and you probably hear it too, is how people have been conditioned. They are firmly of the belief that they have to do and live a life that they've been told is the right life to live. But how did anybody else know how you're supposed to live your life? You haven't got the email? It came out in the email, <laughs> Nina. It, each person gets an email that lays out and the email comes for the man, you know, whoever, whichever email address they use, you know. I remember when I was in my, gosh, how old was I? I don't know, late thirties, I think early forties. I had, I used to work for home box office in New York city and I took another job that was a management position. And after eight or 10 months, I was laid off. And the person who, gave me the news, told me he'd been looking forward to telling me that. <laughs> and, 
And I went through this phase of thinking, what in the world am I going to do? Because I could only think in terms of what other people expected me to do. I should be doing this. They're going to think that if I don't do that, you know, and then the consequences of that. And it was such an eye opener to be able to say, nope, I'm going to go a different way. I'm not going to listen to those voices that are saying you can't do this or you shouldn't do this. So I ended up doing a lot of kind of wild things. I ended up uh, working in a, uh, the floral district in New York City where I'd have to get on my bike and cycle down to the floral district at four in the morning and then I'd be done by one in the afternoon. And then I repped some artists while I was in New York. I had a calligraphy business and a floral design business. All things that people said, are you crazy? Why would you do that? But it gave me so much joy that I could not do it. <laughs> I could not do it. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I'm starting to feel like, just get passionate about something. Yeah. It'll start to develop itself. Just get passionate about something because that is enough to drive you, to, to pull you to doing the actual thing, um, just the passion behind it. Nothing else. Just yeah. figure out what's effortless. What do you love to do and start there? You love to do that. So it, when you fall back on that, it, it, it re-energizes you, recharges, recalibrates you, sends you back into it. But when you start something on a premise, a premise of or, or a faulty premise um, it's because they think it or i need to do it for them and them and then you realize they weren't thinking it so it wasn't built on anything <laughs> it's right. like you know it all falls comes crumbling down right in front of you you know it's like so oh, that's true. why you know i was using plastic to to frame my house of course it <laughs> failed of course it failed when i put the roof on you know um well nina do this for me talk to the community I think they do have a, an idea of how powerful you are in this work and what they do, but I want them to hear your words. You know, what is it that you would just say to them? Probably the most important thing is that life is so beautiful. All we need to do is notice. And when we notice what is around us, what's already available to us, that spark like you were talking about passion, that recognition that life is beautiful, it's limitless, no matter what our external circumstances are, that can take us anywhere we want to go. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about the podcast, please go to 3pgc.org. If you're looking for more information about how to become a practitioner or you want to be featured on the show as a new, fresh voice in the principles, send us an email at info at 3pgc.org. We'd love to hear from you. Knowing there is no end or limitation, nor are there boundaries to the human mind. Have the day you deserve.